The wider military community remains divided over the ongoing trial of Navy SEAL Edward Gallagher. He's accused of several war crimes, including killing a fighter who was supposed to get medical attention and shooting at civilians. Among his biggest supporters is Congressman Duncan Hunter, who said on both a military podcast and in a forum in Ramona that he supports Gallagher. He also admitted to taking photos with dead combatants, something that Gallagher is accused of as well. First, you'll hear updates on the Gallagher case with myself and Andrew Dyer, the UT's military reporter. Then Andrew will interview Kate Mannion, one of the hosts of Barstool Sports' military podcast, Zero Vlog 30. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Andrew Dyer, you're the military reporter for the Union-Tribune, and the Eddie Gallagher case has been ongoing for some time, and we've spoken about it previously in other podcasts, but things keep changing. Can you give me a recap of what has happened so far? Well, the trial was delayed because um, naval investigators, through the lead prosecutor, um, attempted to, in their leak investigation, sent a uh, an HTML get tool to defense attorneys and a member of the media. Now, what this tool is, um, you may have seen defense attorneys arguing uh in the media that it was a, a spying tool or, or something or a, a nefarious piece of software. Mm-hmm. But actually all it really was was an image um, attached to the signature line of the prosecutor's email. Um, this image was hosted on an NCIS server. And when you open the email, it would download this image and it was just the uh, region legal service office logo. Um, a, an image hosted on the server. Uh, now, when your email would open this image, your computer is now talking to the server at NCIS, and that server is harvesting your IP address. So it knows where that person was at when they opened the email, right? Right. Well... Ish? It, ish, yeah, because it, an, an IP address is just a series of numbers. Um, you know, whether or not you're... IP address is static or it changes, you know, you can kind of set that up on your own. But it was a, the reason the Navy was doing this was, you know, there have been leaks to the media Uh of protected court documents. And that's what they were doing. They were trying to get to the bottom of these leaks. Um, But the images that were attached to these emails were slightly different. And that enabled investigators to know which email was forwarded where and, um, so it was a means of tracking who was leaking functionally, right? Right. And um, this, all of this came out on Friday um, in a, a, a ruling on um, a few defense motions that came out of this email uh, issue uh, where now we know that, you know, they were – while it wasn't uh, a piece of software that was, you know, planting cookies or anything like that on these computers – uh, what it did was it would allow somebody to observe how the def- the defense was preparing for trial, uh-huh. you know, which emails they were forwarding and um, what was of interest to them. Now, this this uh, email, uh, this HTML get image was also sent to a Navy Times reporter um, who has been the recipient of these leaks. So by matching IP addresses theoretically they could determine who was sending this reporter 
these documents, which I think opens up a whole other range of questions about press freedom and about um, how we protect our sources. Certainly. But additionally, this is a case that has really divided the military community and within politics as well. Zoom out a little bit. Uh, Describe the the charges that Eddie Gallagher is facing. So Gallagher is facing uh, charges of premeditated murder, uh, attempted murder, um, then some other more general charges uh, regarding good order and discipline because he uh, he posed with the body, uh, allegedly posed with the body of this dead ISIS fighter um, for his reenlistment ceremony. But yeah, the allegations are that he, uh, the Iraqi military, brought this injured fighter to a SEAL compound. Gallagher performed uh, first aid on this injured individual and at some point uh, stabbed him in the neck with his knife. Um, a, a handful of SEALs came forward after they got back from deployment and, and said that all of this thing, these things happened. Um, he's alleged to have shot civilians from a, a sniper tower on at least two occasions and on other occasions have shot randomly into crowds of Iraqi civilians. Um, the Gallagher, of course, denies all of this mm-hmm. and, and pleaded not guilty. Um, but the um, all of this, uh, this the publicity around this trial, you know, is really shaken. I think the the military justice community, um, and in this ruling Friday, um, the judge is a Navy Captain Aaron Rue. Um, he really, I mean, in a legal document. You know, judges are pretty conservative in their language, but um, he said that the actions of NCIS in this email probe Mm -hmm. had um, damaged the public's perception of fairness in the military justice system and had undermined um, people's confidence in the in the whole proceeding. And um, I think that's significant and a significant thing for a Navy judge to say is, you know, your efforts here have completely undermined um, public confidence in what we're doing here. Um, Now, as a result of that, a few things have happened. Um, One, he released Gallagher from pretrial restriction. Um, I saw um, his supporters page on Facebook. Um, Gallagher is back in Florida. His family owns a home in Florida. So he's been, he's completely, you know, free uh, throughout his trial. And he also threatened uh, some of the individuals that were leaking information, correct? That's one of the allegations, and that is why he was kept in in, in custody. Of course, he was released from custody after uh, Trump ordered him released um, at the end of March. Um, it, since then, he's been in a kind of a restriction status at uh, at Balboa. But um, yeah, so he was freed. Um, another thing that happened was the lead prosecutor, uh, Commander Chris Chaplack, was uh, disqualified from the case. Uh, a week ago, um, they do have a new, a new. Uh, he he was replaced, um, but two other of the prosecutors have have stayed on. Um, and additionally, the judge is giving the defense two additional uh, peremptory challenges, which is where you can strike certain jurors. Normally, in the military system, you get one. Um, however, the defense is going to have three. And finally, um, and not insignificant. The judge has ruled that Gallagher cannot face life without parole if found guilty. So um, life without parole is off the table. Um, so that's uh, 
all of this because um, the the Navy wanted to to see where they were sending their emails. And uh, this entire controversy has really divided the military community. One of the loudest voices in support of Eddie Gallagher is Congressman Duncan Hunter from East County. And he said some things that were rather shocking. Um, I, I frankly don't care if he was killed. I just don't care. And that's that's my personal point of view. And as a congressman, that's my prerogative to to help a guy out like that. If even if everything that the prosecutors say is true in this case, um, then, you know, uh, Eddie Gallagher should still be given a break, I think. Even so you're saying even if he did like take a knife to the throat of this yeah. ISIS fighter. Yeah. Even though that goes against our rule, which I don't think which I don't think happened. Yeah, but the but you're saying ISIS is not part of the and and I think this this guy was going to die anyway because I've seen the video once again. Um, so, but even if you're saying like you don't care that I, even though that I, goes against, I, I would the, still support him. Yeah, wow. I I just feel like this, it's such a slippery slope, and it goes against our honor so egregiously. If that is the case, and maybe it is or isn't, but. I don't know. I just have a hard time. Well, then, then how do you judge me? So I was an artillery officer, and we fired hundreds of rounds into Fallujah. Right. Killed probably hundreds of civilians, if not scores, if not hundreds of civilians. Probably killed women and children, if there were any left in the in the city when we invaded. So do I get judged, too? The, it's, that's uh, very uh, different. Pentagon came I think, out. Well, I think those things are very different. No, Collateral because, damage, because especially knew. with artillery, is part of war. And it's not like you were specifically saying, hey— I know, like, it's not like you were specifically aiming for those people. This is a very different case where it's extremely specific. With a, an actual ISIS fighter who was, who was, if what the prosecution say is true, was killed, which we tried to do hours beforehand and then died hours after we tried to kill him. But he might have been killed in a way that you don't personally agree with because you say it's against the laws of war, as opposed to artillery um, killing civilians, women and children, because it's kind of indiscriminate in a way it's it's not a sniper weapon right um i, I well either way which it's is taking worse. the knife taking a knife to someone who's already wounded which does go against our rules of war or it's desecrating the corpse of which also goes against it i just feel like we're above that that's all hearing those comments from duncan hunter we reached out to kate Mannion, the co-host of barstool sports zero blog 30 podcast Kate is a blogger and podcaster at Barstool and a veteran of the war in Afghanistan, where she served in the Marine Corps. Shocked by what Hunter told her, Kate pushed back during her interview with the congressman and recently spoke to the Union Tribune about it. Let's start with a little bit about you and your background. You're um, you're a military veteran and you now um, are a podcaster and, and writer uh, tell me a little bit about your your experience in the military. Yes, I was in the Marine Corps from 2008 till the end of 2012. I was military police MOS, but went field side. Um, I was on the Marine Corps' first female engagement team in Marja, Afghanistan in 2010, and then had a secondary physical security MOS, which I deployed for in 2012. And after that, Finally finished. It took me 10 years because <laughs> I started college before the Marines and after. I finally finished that illustrious communications degree in New York City and got involved with comedy and all that kind of stuff and eventually landed a job here at Barstool Sports where I podcast, do radio, video, and get to write. Oh, wow. So that's that's really interesting. So your, your podcast is 
um, a military-focused podcast, the Zero Blog 30 podcast. Um, but do you normally cover um, hard news or um, kind of these bigger issues on that on that podcast? We try to keep it light and very nonpartisan. We try to make it a place where civilians, veterans, salty, not salty, whether you've deployed or not, whatever you've done, we try to make it a place where everybody feels like they can come listen and have a good laugh and that it can be relatable to anyone. But definitely, I mean, we've interviewed Medal of Honor recipients, politicians from Sean Spicer to Seth Moulton to um, different congressmen and women and veterans from every branch. And, you know, whether they're doing something really cool now or they're fighting for a cause, we tried to give them a voice too. So we definitely, we try to have a few rounds. We say, we'll put five rounds in the chamber this, this time. And a lot, like we'll try and have three light ones and funny ones, but then the military is serious business sometimes. So we can't really avoid it. So we do sometimes, but definitely this interview with Duncan Hunter is probably one of the, the heavier things that we've done. Right. Right. Um, and I, I definitely want to talk a little bit about the, the meat of that interview. Um, before we get into it, can you tell me how, how it came about? How did you find yourself in the congressman's office? So we have had various politicians on before. And as we do that, you, you make connections and, you know, their staffers and everything we've always kept in touch with. And Chaps, the main guy, the Zero Block 30 is his brainchild. We're at episode 172 now, and he's been there from the beginning. I came in about a year ago, but he's the one who created this. He's also a Marine Corps veteran who uh, was in Iraq and everything, and he started this. And uh, he's been terrific about just maintaining relationships with people as the show has grown and gone along. So we knew we wanted to come down to Washington, D.C. to talk to the different Marine Corps congressmen and like military background in general, but so, through some of the contacts with other congressmen linked us up with his office, with Duncan Hunter's office. And we had wanted to talk to him about what was going on mm-hmm. in the news with Eddie Gallagher and everything like that. So that's kind of how that came about. Have, um, have you talked about the Gallagher case a lot on zero block 30? We had had a couple episodes where as it came, I think when it first came out, we talked about it. It was like one of our one of the rounds on our show. And then the week before we had talked about it because people were saying that it was in the news that Trump might be pardoning people on Memorial Day weekend. Mm-hmm. So we talked about that as one of our rounds. So, yes, we had definitely brought it up before. So, um, you know, Duncan Hunter um, and we've we've reported on him a lot here at the UT, obviously, and um, he's been very out front um in his support of of chief gallagher um whenever this came up in the interview what um i guess uh just kind of walk me through it what you were hearing from the congressman and 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 your reaction to it i think so he was saying that he was very supportive of these people because he was saying that they come to him that he's known as a defender of them so People like that, as a last resort, that's when they go to their Congress people. And so that Eddie Gallagher's camp had come to him for help. He had seen the video, which he took as evidence of, of clearing him and everything. And so he was willing to fight for that. But as the conversation went on, he said things that, that frankly, as a Marine, kind of blew me away a little bit. And I had, I had asked him, you know, whether he said whether... Hunter was, or whether uh, Gallagher, 
was guilty or not, he'd have his back. And to me, that's just shocking, like these things that he's accused of. And then it was also surprising to me when he was talking about, you know, he saw the video. He doesn't think that that Gallagher took the knife to the to his throat. But he said, even if he did, whether he was alive or dead, it didn't really matter. He was implying that, hey, we were trying to kill this guy a few hours before anyway, and he was going to die anyway. So what does it matter if a military member takes a knife to his throat anyway? And to me, that just my my eyes just got wide as saucers. I was like, what does it matter? It matters. Um, so that was kind of shocking. And that's where the conversation kind of took a turn where I wanted to know, like, so so no matter what here, you, you've got his back. And then he kind of turned it on himself because he could see that that I was uncomfortable with what he was saying. He said, well, would you judge me then? Because when I was in Iraq, we killed hundreds, scores of innocent civilians, women and children. And that, too, was was shocking to me because I understand that as an artillery officer, you know, I don't I'm not going to pretend to fully understand the scope of of that. And I'm sure collateral damage, unfortunately, is a part of it. But to say it so flippantly was also really shocking to me. I just, you know, because I was like, yeah, I still still am judging a little because that's something that I thought we tried to avoid at all costs, no matter what. So So, take me back a little bit because you deployed to Afghanistan twice. Is that correct? Yes. So whenever whenever you deploy into a a combat zone um, as a Marine, are you briefed on the law of armed conflict and the rules of engagement? Is this something that you're trained for before you go? Yes, it is. And it was clear for us at the time it was um, you, you pretty much couldn't do anything until they were shooting at you type deal. And you knew they make it very clear what the rules are, and you kind of can't make a move till you get the go-ahead, till you get the okay. So um, the interview, you, you released the podcast about a week ago. Um, what's it been like since you released it? Um, can you, what's the reaction been from your audience? And, um, can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. It was definitely a mixed bag. Of course, we definitely got people who listened to it all the way through saying, Hey, good job on calling him out. But we also got a large contingent of people saying, how dare you give him a platform to say these terrible things. And I think that's part of the nature of working at Barstool Sports too. A lot of times, People just see it's associated with Barstool Sports, and they hate it before they even see what it is. Um, and I, I know somebody was like, oh, great, you're like the the vet bro version of Joe of the Joe Rogan podcast now, like how he has Alex Jones on and he has all these controversial people and gives them a platform. But that, that wasn't our intention, and I think we're like the least vet bro-y thing out there. But uh, I think we really wanted to – we saw his platform. We had heard the things he was saying, and we figured he already has one. He's already got a platform. He's a congressman. So why not bring him to our platform and handle it in our own way and say that, you know, hear him say what he has to say and then be open in, in us saying to us, this is bad. Like no black and white. This is straight up bad. Um, and we didn't ever have the we trust that our listeners are intelligent people and that no one was going to listen to that podcast and be like, Duncan Hunter's right. Like, no, that was never a thought in our minds. And I don't think anybody who listened would think that. So I don't think there was a fear of, like, he's spreading his information out there. It was just, like, we want to show what an actual congressman, an elected member of Congress is saying and say that it's ridiculous and say that it's bad. Do you think there – and, and you know, you, you do have a, a pretty big audience. Have you heard from people who 
agree with Hunter's kind of um, underlying philosophy here that, you know, we're just there to kill people and it doesn't matter how they died. Like, um, have you, is that a common belief in your experience in the military community or the veteran community? Overwhelmingly, no, not at all. I think of all the reactions, whether people thought we were morons for having them on or, or they praised us for having them on or whatever, uh, overwhelmingly across the board, the one unifying thing was that like, hey, that stuff is bad. That's bad. Don't agree. And these, this was stuff we were hearing from combat veterans, from all sorts of people across the board, civilians, veteran listeners, combat, whatever. So that was the common like, hey, yeah, no, this is bad. So after the Hunter interview on, on your podcast episode, um, you played a an, an, an portion of an interview with a, an army officer um, that was there in Vietnam during the My Lai Massacre. Um, whose, whose idea was it to include that interview on the Duncan Hunter episode, and, and why do you think it was relevant to this? Um, I think that, well, that was my idea, and I... I felt that it was important because I wanted to show that there are people as much as that's a a part of it. And these are the stories, you know, I I feel like stories like these, like Milai, and then hearing that uh, a man who's in Congress now is talking about, like, easily talking about killing scores of innocent women and children. These are the stories that make the news that get in the minds of the public. And I wanted to put in a reminder that for every one of those there are so many brave people who don't do those kind of things. Look, if, if Eddie Gallagher is proven innocent, great. If the proof is there, great. But if he is not, it is so completely unacceptable to do things like that and to even think about lowering the standard to think that we are above reproach and we can't be judged for these things because we've done a lot of service before and we've, you know, he's has done a lot for his country. He has served a long time, but there is a line. And if you cross it, you're done. You cannot do those things. It hurts us so, so terribly in such a big picture. And it's unbecoming of the United States military. It is just like, I was just so disgusted by the thought of him saying he would have Hunter saying he would have Gallagher's back, whether he did these things or not. It's not okay. And that thought cannot, cannot grow. I just, I'm just glad that we were able to say that out loud and, and I stick by that fully. Um, I don't think it it doesn't make you tough. It doesn't make you a badass. I think it makes you weak and it makes us all look weak. So yeah, I feel clearly, I feel very strongly about that. All right. Kate Mannion, um, Barstool Sports, Zero Blog 30 podcast. Thank you so much for, uh, for taking the time to talk with us today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. In other news, A verdict has been reached in the McStay case. Chase Merritt is found guilty of murdering the family of four. With this conviction, the trial will enter a second phase to decide if Merritt should receive life in prison without the possibility of parole or be executed. In 2010, the McStay family went missing in Fallbrook, only to have their bodies discovered in the desert three years later. Merritt was a business associate of Joseph McStay. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m. You can also listen to Hot Lava, our Padres podcast. Union Tribune sports editor Jay Posner and baseball beat writer Kevin Acey talk about the team's ups and downs, comings and goings. Look for it at your podcast app or go to sandiegounionjubune.com slash hotlava. Until next time.